0: Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 8th, episode 2825. Good morning, horse people.
0: So we did our first Radiothon back in 2016, and the Hayes family from Canada put this little Well, for those
2: who don't know, Radiothon was your genius idea to do 12 hours straight... Broadcasting.
0: Correct. At, and in the holidays, and, and, and listeners would write songs, and this is the Hayes family out of Canada who did this little gem.
1: Hi, guys. The Hayes family from Canada. Merry Christmas to all the hosts from HRN. All the hosts. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We made a song about Scooter the Pony, and here it is. scooter the hot head pony had a very steamy head and if you ever drove him you would probably wind up dead all of the other ponies used to play and flick their manes but scooter the hot head pony would bite and buck and rear again then one bombing no Florida night, so Glen Hebert holidays. came to say, Scooter, Scooter with your head so hot, are you gonna pull my cart, cart or not? Then all the ponies, ponies loved them. him, Glen Hebert I shouted out be. with glee, Yippee. Scooter the hot <laughs> head pony. You didn't even injure me. Merry Christmas, guys.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry
0: Christmas. There you go. I love it. I
2: hadn't heard that one.
0: That was great. Isn't that great? Some of these, you know, they're from five, six years ago. So I had heard, I remember hearing that one, but when I found it this morning, I was like, that's a treasure. But it does make Scooter sound like he was the worst pony ever. He really wasn't. but He had his moments, but uh, he's a pretty good little pony. So, he's good
2: now. Yeah, now good.
0: exactly. I had my days with Scooter, that's for sure. That's a hackney phony thing, I think.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get on to the show, we have to talk about Medina Spirit, because oh. I have been 10 million times shared and texted and all this stuff about Medina Spirit, who collapsed after a workout. And my first thought was like, well, that happens, you know, And in, in the horse world, these are athletes. And then I thought, well, you know, good news. The bright spot is that he's not going to continue to go to the breeding shed and pass on whatever genetic defect caused him to collapse. And that was like the thought. And then I, then I started reading, I'm like, Oh, it's a Bob Baffert horse.
0: <laughs> I saw oh. that. just the first thing I said. actually.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Why? In uh, speaking of experience, from all the horses that come to me from off the track that come with behavior problems or come with physical problems. Why the hell are we giving horses any, there is the, the, there is no word on his, they say that the, the necropsy could take 60 days to do all the drug testing and all the things. So I am in no way saying that Medina spirit had any sort of anything in his system, but where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's Bob Baffert, and he has been... Bu- I, I didn't even think he was allowed to train right now. I thought he was banned Only in certain for a states. While. Okay, so we've got that going for us. It's Bob Baffert, Medina Spirit. These things happen to horses, but from my experience with what I've seen, can we just take drugs out of racing? Like, if, if they would just let the horses run. I had one horse come to me, Glenn who could not be saddled. He was a rogue. He was wild. He was crazy. I have video of them. And one person has a lip chain on him. Another person is one, the trainers on the left side, throwing the saddle up. The person's on the right side, pushing the girth back under the belly. And he was just so crazy. And he got ruled off of three racetracks because he could not be saddled in the paddock. He was so wild. I have videos of him rearing and striking. And they sent him to me like, just so you know, this is how he is when you tack him up. I took him in the round pin. I did a join up with him. Everything was perfect. I tacked him up completely standing there loose, no issues. So I called the person who owned him and I said, I didn't have any problems getting him tacked up. So maybe he was just excited and she was like, well, I mean, you know, he was on Lasix and albuterol at the time. Excuse me, have you ever taken albuterol? It makes your bloody heart beat out of your chest like like this. Oh, my God. Because it speeds up your heart rate so much that, of course, he's... I mean, and so here's a horse that is wants to do the right thing, and he ended up being gentle as a kitten. And I'm just shocked at what people put in these horses to make them run that much faster. The problem is you put money into something and people are going to try to figure out a way to cheat. And it is so disheartening. And these people are doing, Such disservices to the horses and to the horse racing industry and the sport as a whole by injecting them with whatever. uh, I've told I told you guys a little bit about Dave last week and realizing that probably what he had was he was given steroids to like take the fat away from his body and add muscle, and then he comes off the track and he loses all that muscle, and then you're stuck with a skeleton. You know, I'm I'm so sick of any sort of medications or drugs being given to racehorses. And I know I'm talking to a tree right now because like nobody's going to ever listen to me, but that is my thing. As far as Medina spirit goes, I don't know whether he was given anything. I don't know. He wasn't in a race. He was just in a workout. Maybe he didn't have anything. Maybe he did. We'll find out. Time will tell with that, but it is a Bob Baffert horse. And that man is currently banned from several States. And I just am so sick of it. So Medina spirit Rest in peace. What an amazing horse. And I do know that the people that work with him and care for him are very sad. And they're very sad to have the empty stall. I read this whole post from somebody who worked with Medina Spirit was his groom. Uh, and they were just talking about how sad it was to they were waiting for him to come back from his workout and he didn't come back. And how soul crushing that has to be. But we've got to get to the bottom of it. But again. I don't know whether he had was on anything or not. But uh, yeah. I
0: mean, horses do die of they heart still attacks. Get yeah. Things.
2: It, they do it, die of heart attacks yeah. and, and they're doing, they die doing what they're bred to do and what they're born to do and what they love to do. And so there's that side of it. And then there's the, the, the dark side of the racing industry. And I'm, I'm sitting here staring at it on a daily basis. And it's so frustrating and it's so, Disheartening and it's so soul crushing to see that happen over and over again. Um, but but again, we don't know. We'll find out. We will. I
0: did I did do some research, and the president of the American Association of Equine Practitioners uh, said exact cause of death is only typically determined in around half the cases, even after uh, necropsy. Typically, sudden deaths are caused either by cardiac issues, some sort of internal hemorrhage, or rarely a spine issue of some sort. It's an extremely rare occasion. They've kept statistics in California specifically for these types of occurrences, this kind of sudden death on the track thing. Um, and it's 1 in 160,000 in training and 1 in 9,000 in race starts. Mm-hmm. The, the autopsies will determine the exact cause, and it's probably about 50% of the cases. The other 50%, there's still questions as to why they died. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that. I thought going autopsies in- would find it, you know, all the time.
2: Well, I mean, if there's an electrocardial something going on, I'm not a doctor nor a veterinarian to so excuse my lingo, but like if there's some sort of cardiac issue that happens, yeah, that could be really hard to trace. But what's not hard to trace is if that was caused by medication or drug. I'm using finger quotes when I say medication, if it was caused by medication or drug. So we will find out um, the people involved are upset. We're upset. Everybody's upset. Does it happen? Yes, it happens. So we'll just we'll just know more as everybody else does.
0: All and right, that's very... all I
2: have to say about that. What's coming <laughs> up on the show, Glenn?
0: Coming up on today's show, we're going to get a little lighter, actually, than that. Uh, Cowgirl in the kitchen, Jill Stanford, is stopping by with our recipe challenge for the week, uh, which I'll be making over the weekend, providing it isn't fish, and then somebody else is going <laughs> to have to make it and come on the show and talk about if it. If it
2: comes out of water, Glenn's not. Come <laughs> out. Him. But if he, if he's on top of the water. He can look down and enjoy it, but no.
0: <laughs> Dr. Erica Latcher from Spring Hill Equine is going to chat about how to recognize pain in your horse. Jamie's going to answer a list, uh, listener's training question that we got in the last couple of days. And did you have weird news? I never even asked ask you if you had weird.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I'll figure
0: it uh, out. Okay, I thought I thought you might have some weird news in there somewhere. But first, we have to do some daily winnies. <laughs> Well, we have a couple of birthdays today from our terrific auditors, Chelsea Seavers. Happy birthday to Chelsea. Ice Road Trucker, Lisa Marie Kelly. Happy birthday, Lisa Marie. She called me out of the blue last week. Say hi. Uh, she was driving the on the ice roads up there in northern Alaska and I think was bored. So she was going through <laughs> her phone calling people. So I got to talk to her for about a half an hour. She said it was minus 40 uh, Fahrenheit uh, at no. the time she called. <laughs>
2: That's not a thing. It is a thing. People die of
0: that. (laughs) She was in the truck, and she said, my truck's showing minus 40 outside. I said, well, at least the lake that you're driving on would be frozen. So we're sure of that. Uh, And Larissa Trainum, It was her birthday as well. So happy birthday to all of you.
2: (laughs) I had a very... (laughs) scary. I think
0: I know what you're going to do <laughs> yesterday.
2: I want to give my daily winnie to farm boy for filling in the slots of uh, during my husband's absence. While I'm sorry, he's on I shouldn't trips. be laughing. Glenn, what <laughs> happened to me yesterday should happen to no human ever. So I have this, I have these barrels that I brought from Arizona because I jumped them, but they've been just sitting, <clears throat> sitting up just outside and I was going to move them to the arena and one of them is really full of water. So it's, it's like one of those big plastic blue barrels and it has like the top is missing. So that's where all the rain went in. So, I go to pull it and, oh my God, it's so heavy. I mean, it's like 800 pounds of water, you know, but I don't want to dump it right where it is because it's where we walk. So I tried to drag it. I'm like, I put it down and I like roll it a little bit, but then I have to put my hands like in the opening that I have and pull, drag it across to get it to where it's not going to like dump the water right at the gate. So I'm pulling it and pulling it and it's splashing on me and it's just like water everywhere and it's gross water, you know? So I pull it, and I finally get it positioned, and water starts dumping out. Good Lord. If I'm going to try to tell this story without <laughs> cussing <laughs> because we're on the air. Um, a, snake, a snake came out maybe four inches from my hand, and my hand had just been right where it came out. Like moments before. If you were standing outside somewhere in the world yesterday around eleven fifteen AM, you heard a scream. And that scream was me because I was not anticipating a I mean this is a this is a barrel of like ice slushy cold water that this snake it is
0: weird that a snake was in there.
2: <laughs> how did it get in there? First, Why isn't how it how sleeping, it
0: first of all? <laughs>
2: how big is it that it could climb up a blue plastic barrel and then go over the edge and plop down into the water and, and I'm, I'm, and I'm dragging it and I'm pulling it. And my hands are like right in there and I'm pulling and pulling and water splashing on me. The fact that it did not actually touch my hands. Well, first of all, I can't confirm that because I didn't, couldn't see the inside because it's a dark blue plastic barrel and it, it, it like inched its way out and I, I I, I, okay real honest I peed my pants like
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't blame you I can't laugh too hard because I would be the same way to be honest
2: (laughs) and again like I'm I'm all like I I tell everything I go outside and I say everything can live here as long as you don't scare me Well, I mean to tell you, I don't think I've ever been that scared in my life. I peed my pants, so then I had to go up to the house. And I was like, I just need to sit down. So I called Chad and I'm like, you were supposed to dump the barrel. <laughs> it's Why his fault all leave of a sudden. Like, like
0: Of course it. we're married. It's always our fault, even though we're not even home, it had nothing to do with it. He was supposed to He do didn't put s- the snake in there.
2: He was supposed to be the one who told the parents. <laughs> so I had to do that. And I was like, I need to, I need to go sit down. I we can't sit.
0: win. How does anybody stay married ever?
2: And <laughs> so like... I called Chad and I'm like, we're supposed to... And, said, and I'm like, there's a... i I'm like all freaked out. And I'm walking to my little ranger because I'm going to drive into the house because I need a minute. And so I let the chickens out as I'm walking by and I'm talking to him on the phone. And one of the chickens runs across my foot. And I scream again, like, like, and he was like, what was that? It was just a snake. I'm like, "It's a chicken, it was ch- just a chicken. Because at this point, my nerves are coming out of my ears. You know, like I, I can't even function at this point. So I go up to the house. I'm like, okay, I got to get back to, to normal. And Barrett's coming at like farm boy's coming at one o'clock. So I go back down to meet farm boy and we've got some work to do. And he, I get down there before him, and I see that the snake still has his head poking out of the hole.
0: The very large, huge head.
2: It's, a, it's a, It was a substantial-sized snake. This was not a little snake, people. <laughs> this is not a little snake.
0: It looked like it a, a little snake. tiny head, to be honest.
2: Or was um, it just a big barrel? I'm pretty sure it was a, at least 15 feet long. <laughs> Like, as I was standing there, it like looks at me like, like cranes its head over and looks at me. Well, it so, was
0: cold. It probably couldn't move very fast. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so I'm like when I came back down there though, like it wasn't moving, and I was like, well, let me see if it's dead. Like all of a sudden now that it's not in the protection of the icy cold water because what snake doesn't want to sit in icy cold water, uh, I start chucking rocks like at the barrel, like <laughs> just trying to see if I can get it to move, and it didn't move. And I was like, oh, Okay, one last thing to worry about. The snake is dead. And not that I wanted to kill it, but, you know, nature. I didn't have anything. Survival
0: of the fittest. And you happen to be the one that needs to live right now.
2: (laughs) And so I absolutely go, it's dead. Okay, cool. So farm boy comes and I'm like, okay, farm boy, I have a little bit of a job for you. And he proceeds to laugh in my face. (laughs)
0: Kind of like like I was just doing three full minutes, yeah.
2: (laughs) And I'm like, my husband's not here, and he was supposed to dump the barrel, and I need so many guys because I can't even get the horses out of the pasture because the barrel's like off to the left of the gate. I can't open the (laughs) gate because there's two barrels in the way, and I'm not gonna move the barrel, and I need to get the horses in, and I don't know what to do. And so I'm like, Can you just get the barrel? So we walk out the front. It was gone. Oh no. It was gone, Glenn. (laughs) So I'm like, You're gonna have to look. You're going to have to look in the barrel and see if the snake is in the barrel because I can't move that into the arena and jump over it knowing that there's a freaking snake inside it. So what does he do? Hands in his pocket, grabs the tip of the barrel, pulls it up and looks right inside. I mean, And I photographed it because I had to because that's just – it was crazy. So yeah, he's like, no, it's gone. Like, what? What do you mean it's gone? It was like, dad was throwing rocks at the thing. It wasn't moving. He's like, it ain't in there. Okay. Oh, well, where is it? And then at that point he picks up, there's another like barrel next to it. Cause it's the other barrel. And he moves that barrel and I scream because <laughs> why would I, cause you just visual visually moved a barrel right next to me. And he's like, he he says to me, I, I was like I don't understand why you're so brave like you just do you, you dumb stuff like you just do dumb stuff and he's like he turns look at me goes you do know I don't want to die right <laughs> like, okay yeah probably yeah and he was like he's like it's alright there's no snake in there and I'm like well then why did it go! I don't understand. Why is this snake? So anyway, there I set it free. Apparently, uh, I don't. Did know anybody? It was
0: right hard to, right to tell. Did we confirm if it was a poisonous like water moccasin or was it a rat snake? And
2: that's what Chad said to me. He goes, did you get a good look at its head and see if it's – and I was like, no, I didn't get a good
0: look at Your its Your picture head. wasn't that clear either.
2: Uh, well, That's because I was nine feet away, <laughs> 19 feet away and had to zoom in because like, like all of a sudden it's going to catapult out and grab my neck or something. Like I don't know what I thought, but I just couldn't get close anyway. So the snake was gone. So then farm boy thinks I'm insane because I'm like there's a snake in the barrel and there's no snake. So he's like, okay, sure. There's a snake in there. I don't want to die. You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, the snake's gone. I don't know where it went. And I'm well, sure hopefully, it
0: went into hibernation because it's a little chilly for a snake to be in ice water.
2: I think he probably appreciated being set free. Yeah, it's gonna he was going
0: to die either, in there.
2: He appreciated it, or he was pretty irritated that I messed up his house. But there's no water and there's no snake in the barrel at this point. So. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you survived. I really am. Uh,
2: well, I mean, there's Half something embarrassing. Half your neighbors
0: called the police, but, you know. I,
2: you know what? My A-hole neighbors, like, I screamed <laughs> twice in, like, a minute, right? With the, the the stupid snake and then the chicken running across my foot. I screamed. And you know how many people came over and checked on me?
0: Nobody. Not She's that crazy woman from Arizona zero, over there.
2: <laughs> zero people came over to see if I was okay. And I'm pretty sure it sounded like I was getting murdered. Well, because let's, I let's boy face boy, it. They all boy. think
0: you're a nut.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I hit an octave that I didn't know it could hit. Like I didn't know I had like I could do movies. Like, the scream in movies because it was so impressive what I was able to emote. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm glad you're I'm glad you survived. Um, we, we don't have time to do the training question now before our guests, but we do have time to get a quick movie review and you went to see one. Tell us about it.
2: I did. I went to see the new Ghostbusters movie. And Lucas is into the Ghostbusters right now. Lucas is my eight-year-old son, and he has watched the first Ghostbusters. We did have to skip one little part, but I was like, "Close your eyes." Um, but but other than that, like he really likes it, and he and he has the Ghostbusters video game, so he plays uh, on his little thing that you have to go through and get the ghosts or whatever. So he's into it. So we go, and I wasn't really expecting much. Oh my god, it was so
0: good! It was strange. really.
2: Really good. Because you know, so, sequels
0: are a risk, especially yeah. multiple sequels. Like the so, last one with the women, I didn't think it was all that great.
2: Oh, see, I love that one because it was funny. This movie, however, was not funny. That's the only place really? that, I, that they dropped. There was no comedy. Like it wasn't funny really at all. that's what
0: Ghostbusters is.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, but, so basically it's one of the Ghostbusters dies and and leaves a farm to th- their their daughter you don't really know at the beginning which ghost was which ghostbuster dies you don't really know whose kid it is you don't really know there's a lot of unknown at the beginning and the story kind of unfolds through the movie but it is not that i talked to my brother and he used to review movies for a living and he was like that's the only place they missed the mark was they didn't do any comedy but i mean first and he was like, and there were parts that were ridiculous. I'm like, it is a ghost movie. Okay? Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, let's... We can't look at the first Ghostbusters and think parts of it weren't ridiculous either. There was a giant marshmallow. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly. So you can't expect... And, and Paul Rudd was in it, and he was great in it. And anything he's in is going to be, you know, fairly entertaining. And there's tiny... I'm sure you've seen on the previews, those tiny little marshmallow men, like the state puff Marshmallow men bust out of a bag at the Walmart. And it is... That part was funny and cute. Are the kids um, and, good? But the kids were great, yeah. and I really thought it was going to be the boy who led the movie, but it was a little girl, and she was awesome, and they were great, and she and 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 it, and it tells a whole story. And I will tell you, the the end of my movie review is that at the end, I totally cried, like hardcore cried, <laughs> like. Like there's something wrong with me, (laughs) and Lucas is like, "Mom." Was this before or after the snake? This is before. This was like two (laughs) days. This was Monday. I went to see it, and I told And 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 any, you'll cry. You'll probably get a little emotional. Lucas almost actually cried at the end too because it's just really cool. And the, the technology that they have, and the technology that they use, and and everything. It was just a very touching end of the movie i will tell you to stay all the way to the end of the credits because there's like a little i thing did at hear the end that there.
0: too i heard yeah. that too yeah
2: yeah and it's really it was really really good i was really uh happy with the movie and and how they honored the first ghost but the the girl movie never happened like that's not even a, a thing Oh, they so did yeah take that out of the equation because it was like it never happened uh but it was it was interesting to see how like these kids are having to learn about what happened in the 80s and they're like don't you remember what happened in the 80s in new york city with all this? and they were like that's a ghost those are the ghost but they're watching like youtube videos of ghostbusters and stuff like it was re- it was really cool and and just really cool how they did it and at the end you will be It was just really touching. um, Just really. really It was
0: eighty four. That's what
2: nineteen eighty four. That's almost
0: forty years.
2: That's what they were. These kids. It was like, how do you not know what happened in the eighties? He was like, I'm twelve.
0: Like (laughs) (laughs) that's almost forty. That just made me. I feel old now. When I just saw it was done in eighty four. Wow!
2: It was. Yeah, yeah. And but but it's it's I'm just gonna I'm not gonna give anything away because it was just it was really good. But but you'll like, are you gonna go see it? Oh,
0: yeah, we're definitely we're gonna go see it this weekend. And then you, I when you said you saw it, I just thought I had to get I have to hear about it.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think about it because yes, it's ridiculous. But again, it's the people fighting ghosts. So and Lucas was like, he loved it because he was like, there are so many jump scares. Yeah, like, jump scare. And he was like, it's when they. It's something scares you when you jump, yeah, <laughs> and there was like plenty of those, so it was it was probably on the scarier side, but also like Paul Rudd kind of lightened the mood and certain parts well, and, and if
0: you think about the first Ghostbusters, yeah, it had comedy, but there were some there were some jump scares in that one too, because we had we didn't know what was coming. It was brand yeah. new, so yeah. You know that was that was back in the day. Now they didn't have the technology. CGI. They would not. I don't even know how they did it back then. There wasn't CGI really. I mean, I was up.
2: like they were like claymation. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> now the 2016 one with the women uh, was a bomb. It lost seventy million dollars total.
2: Oh gosh, and I thought it was so good. I thought mm-hmm. it was so funny. But didn't like. Make the- money no it, yeah I could but I just really like maybe
0: it was timing too who knows the
2: females you know. who, all the females who were in it were are just to me some of the funniest women there are so I really liked it and then to have Chris Hemsworth in it and the the girl one and he was so funny too and uh, but this one is not at all related. like that one never happened in the scheme of <laughs>
0: well, the there you both. go <laughs> Yeah. It's because it lost 70000000 million. million. We're, we're, we're forgetting about that one. Don't talk about that one. Shh. <laughs> Who wants to talk about that? Well, we are sponsored by Stateline Tech, and of course, it is that time. It is that time to go out and buy gifts. Matter of fact, you're almost running out of time. <laughs> it's the 8th. Do you realize that? It's the 8th. So you have like two weeks. Well, you have a week, actually, till for stuff to be shipped. So you definitely want to go over to Stateline Tech right now. They have uh, Gatsby products up to 50% off right there. Are Durango Western boots up to 30% off. Amigo blankets on sale. They also have, and if you click on this, the Happy Holidays deals up to 60% off. And they have limited quantities of this stuff. And they actually tell you what the quantity is uh, in the ad. And they how many pages? So they have 8 pages of things on really big sale that would make good gifts, like halters and saddle pads and things like that. They have the Gatsby all-purpose saddle pad right now marked down to $9. Um they have limited quantities of those and they just have anything from little stocking stuffers to thermal hoses for winter time, uh you know, helmets, all different kinds of stuff on uh, right now over they also have uh, they have mini and pony blankets. By the way, I don't know if you've ever really seen a mini blanket in person, but it's the cutest darn thing. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to want to head on over there. They also have boots for sale, easy care boots right now. Um, some of the really cool Troxel helmets with the designs that kids love. And just endless supplies over there right now at Stateline Tech. You have, I would say, I don't know if it says on here when you can order by, but um, you probably have... Another week that you're going to be safe to get products in because of the delayed shipping right now. So get shopping, people. Get shopping. All right. Last week we started. Jamie started our recipe challenge, and that is on Wednesdays. We're going to give you guys a recipe, and you liked it. You it. I did like I it. it. Gen- Jennifer really it. liked it. She had it. She, yeah, she's had it a couple times now. She liked it better than I did. I think she actually heated it up once and liked it better. Ew. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> <Just eating> cucumbers. <laughs> is there such a thing as cucumber soup without the tomatoes? I think they just call that cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ground up cucumbers. Smoothie is what they call that. So, uh, she started last week. And I was surprised at the number... Well, the number of auditors we know tried it, posted pictures, and they all liked it. So that's the challenge, is we want to give you a recipe on Wednesdays. And a lot of you are always looking for something new to cook, or your husbands are, whoever cooks in the family, are looking for something new to cook. And if they're not listening to the show, you can give them the recipe and say, cook it for me. Uh, and... I promised to try them also. I promised to buy the following Monday to try, it and then try it on the air for the first time. So I did that last week. Um, I hopefully we can do that this week. I'm making a rule, though. Any of you bring any fishy stuff? If it comes out of the water, I'm not trying it, because I don't eat fish or seafood because it just makes me sick. So I'm not doing it. Somebody else will have to try those. You can bring them. I'm just not going to be the one. Cooking. Well, I'm not
2: going to eat anything dead. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, all vegetarian stuff, you have to make. If it involves tofu, <laughs> you're making it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, we, uh, of course, Cowgirl in the Kitchen, uh, Jill Stanford joins us all the time on the show. She's been coming on for years and she's joining us today to give us the recipe of the week. Well, hi, Jill. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining Thanks. us.
3: Merry Christmas to you, Glenn. How are you this morning?
0: Good. And you know you were the inspiration for us starting this new segment on the show, this uh, recipe challenge that we're doing.
3: I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to see the recipes.
0: Well, and, you know, you're bringing a good one today that's kind of holiday-ish. This is something that you could serve at the holidays. Last week, Jamie did one. She did a cold soup, and we got complaints because of the people that live in the ice north, icy north, the frozen tundra, didn't want to drink cold soup this time of year. So yours is kind of, it could be hot or cold environment, and you could enjoy this.
3: That's right. And this makes a great gift. Boy, does it ever. Oh, that's
0: true. Yeah, put it in that's a fancy right. little box. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Put a bow on top and you're good to go. So th-
0: for okay. those that don't know or brand new listeners, uh, Jill's been coming on our show for years. She does Cowgirl in the Kitchen. She has cookbooks and things, and we'll talk about those a little bit later on. Uh, but you've been coming on for years and years, and she does the most terrific recipes. And today she's going to talk about...
3: Pendleton Cowgirl Bourbon Fudge. <laughs> or whiskey fudge, depending on if you're being highbrow or lowbrow. Yeah, you want to call which it. kind Are of it? expensive
0: alcohol do you want to pour in the thing?
3: <laughs> well, I like Pendleton whiskey very, very much because, of course, I live very close to the Pendleton Roundup. This is a great gift, and I don't know who came up with this recipe. Um, it's been floating around for years and years. I've known about it forever and ever, but I thought for this morning, because it's easy to do, it only takes five minutes to prep, 10 minutes to cook, and 30 minutes, until, and you're done. It only has three ingredients, and uh, here we go.
0: Even Jamie can do this one.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> You're going to need one 14-ounce can of sweetened condensed milk, not evaporated. It has to be the sweetened condensed, you know, the thick kind. Yep. 20 ounces or about one and three quarters of a 12-ounce bag of semi-sweet chocolate chips. You can substitute butterscotch if you like butterscotch. Uh Uh-huh. One teaspoon of vanilla. I don't know why
0: you would. Who would substitute Uh, butterscotch for chocolate? Somebody...
3: Somebody must at some point but I'm not going no, to No, that's chocolate just sacrilege. Yeah, yeah, that's just yeah. should be
0: they should be shot. All right, go on.
3: <laughs> 1 teaspoon of vanilla extract. And then you're going to need going to add a half a cup of whiskey. Well, half a cup? I would prefer Pendleton whiskey. <laughs> a half you can a cup? Also use, you use half a cup, that's true, <laughs> or a little less. But don't worry, because the alcohol cooks out. You're not going to get drunk on this. This is not I know, but usually you see recipes, fudge.
0: they don't call for a half a cup of whiskey. <laughs>
3: well, it is, seems like a lot, doesn't it? But it it evaporates, or you can use Jack Daniels.
0: Or, I have some really good bourbon here from Kentucky when we used to live there. There too. you go, yeah. Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, do that'd it. Be good.
3: All right. Prep an eight by eight inch pan with parchment paper. That's a good way to do this because it comes out of the pan a whole lot easier. Oh. Add the chocolate chips and a, and the sweetened condensed milk to a saucepan and start heating on that on medium low.
0: Okay.
3: Stir this constantly with a rubber spatula until it's very well blended. Then you add the vanilla extract and the whiskey to the fudge mixture. Continue to stir it until it's smooth, smooth, smooth. Pour that fudge into a pan, smooth out the spatula, smooth it out with the spatula, and allow it to cool for 30 minutes or until it's cool to the touch. Cut it into bite-sized squares and you're ready to go. Now, here's the cowgirl tip of the day. You can add, are you ready? Yeah. A quarter of a cup of cooked, chopped bacon. And that really makes it sing.
0: I am not a bacon and chocolate fan. I've
3: tried okay. chocolate-covered
0: bacon, and I can't do it. And I like both. Okay. I love chocolate, and I love bacon.
3: What about nuts, then? The you nuts I would do,
0: yeah. Nuts you Pecans,
3: do. Walnuts, walnuts, anything yeah. you want to do. That makes it good. You can even put a little cayenne pepper in there if you want to add a little spice. You know, Maybe you I'm just not
0: a spicy country. and sweet together person. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, well, you're a very difficult person to gift to, that's for sure. <laughs> so that I'm
0: not so I love this one, though. I, does it get hard like fudge? Because the only fudge experience I have was with my parents. They had four boys, and she used to make fudge, and we used to have to stir it for hours.
3: Hours and hours and hours. I know. And then it didn't really cut.
0: Right, exactly.
3: So. It was. It would be gooey. So then you wound up eating it on the either the end of a butter knife or a spoon that's or true. something like that. That's true. I Still think she did awfully it awfully good, though, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think she did it just to wear us out. To be honest, um. that's
3: probably true. <laughs> Kept you busy for a while.
0: So out this one trouble. comes out looking
3: like fudge, even though you're not stirring for hours. Yes, right Well, you're, you're you're stirring. Believe me, you've got to get that blended. That's the whole trick: is to blend the whole thing of the milk and the semi-sweetened Yeah,
0: but that's not like chip. stirring with the hard fudge and, you know, going through and trying to make that's it... That's right. Yeah. It's a little different.
3: We, long time ago you had to use squares of unsweetened chocolate. Yes. And that's what took forever and ever. But this is the modern, this is a very modern version. And I wish I knew who had come up with this. This will make about two dozen pieces in an 8x8 eight eight pan. I wish I knew so I could credit them, but um, I've added a couple of things like Pendleton whiskey and, and the bacon and things like that. And I do make this, and it does work. And that's why I'm I'm posting it for you today. All right, good. Because at Christmas, we don't have very much time. There's a lot to do. That's right. So this won't take very long, and somebody's going to be real happy if you gift it to them.
0: All right, so somebody has to, one of our listeners and our auditors, and I'll post this in the audit room, too, and the, the recipe will actually be in your show notes for today, so you can find it right there in your phone. Somebody has to make it over the weekend. I will make it over the weekend, too, and we'll report in on Monday. So I, I will taste wait, it live uh, on Monday. So Okay. All right.
3: Okay, let me know. And as far as your books, where can people get them? You can get them through Amazon you just type in my name, Jill Charlotte Stanford, and it'll bring up all my books. Or you can go to my website, www.jillcharlotte.com. All my books are there. Your bookstore should also have them, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I know that Amazon has got them because I've been watching the sales going up. You know, I can watch that on Author Central on Amazon. And so I check in with them every once in a while just to see is everything going along as it should? Yep, it is. So, it's a great they make great gifts because there's history, photographs, recipes, you know, you'll laugh. It's, I think they're wonderful books. And I'm, I'm not very uh, shy about that, am I? But I do think they're wonderful books. <laughs> I do,
0: too. Because they're not just a recipe book. It's It no. actually is a storybook. It's more of a storybook with recipes. That's what I think. Yeah. That's
3: what I think. Yeah. And that's why I'm working on another one that really is a storybook. And there's recipes within the storybook. It's a story. And as I'm talking... Um, it's in first person. It's a fictional person, but as I'm talking about her life, uh, she was a trick rider in the rodeo. Every once in a while, she'd go home to visit her parents, and this is what her mother would cook for her when she got uh, home.
0: That's a good. So there's some idea. That's real neat.
3: old-fashioned stuff in there, you know, cakes and stews and soups and things like that. So it makes I like it that approach. That it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it makes it more interesting as you're reading along. All of a sudden, you think, "Oh, golly, look at this chili! Boy, that looks good. I need to, I need to try that." So, and when
0: cookies, will that one be
3: out? I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. been given a a due date on it yet. I'm just working on it right now. So probably a year or two. Okay. Because first, first the uh, cowgirls cook for the great outdoors has to come out. That'll be May of 2022. I can hardly wait.
0: Well, that's terrific. Well, thank you, Jill, for joining us again. And you have a wonderful holiday. And all of our listeners now get cooking. This isn't hard. Four (laughs) ingredients. You know, anybody can do it. So
3: That's the key. I can't wait to see the rest of the recipes and which one wins. And I wish you and Jen a very, very, very Merry Christmas. And I'll talk to you next year.
0: Now, we're going to go next to our health segment, and it's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine.
3: And we've got
2: Dr. Latcher on with us again uh, from Spring Hill Equine. Good morning, Dr. Latcher.
4: Good morning. How are you guys today?
2: Thank you for coming back again. You're just a glutton for punishment, aren't you?
4: Definitely. I'm an equine veterinarian. That's the only way to be. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's true. You live it. You live it for sure. Well, you, I do, wrote, yeah. you wrote an article at springhillequine.com called recognizing pain in horses. And um, this is something that I think everybody is interested in. You know, we all love our horses and we want to know if they are in pain. So tell us a little bit about how we do this.
3: Well,
4: Horses being a prey species and and most of our pets, to be honest, but horses in particular, they don't really like to show us pain. So it's up to us as owners and veterinarians to really cue into those subtle signs that they give us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was our goal was to try to, to help people notice that. But the big thing is, you know your horse. And if your horse is doing something that is abnormal for them, that is often the first sign that they have some pain somewhere and it can be incredibly subtle, but I always tell my clients, like don't discount that even little tiny sign that your horse is giving you that they're in pain.
2: So, um, I just want to back up a little bit. I, 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 was trying to figure out who wrote this article and, um, Tony the office cat, the cat of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrote yeah. this article uh, he's a really educated cat he's gleaned a lot off of working in a veterinary <laughs> practice um is impressive but I I was cu- wondering because I have two mustangs and the yeah. two mustangs that I have will not show pain. I have one horse that got an abscess and oh my God, you think he's dying? He's like oh, less, you know, non-weight bearing leg like in the air. I'm like, oh my let me put her and then the other one of the Mustangs blows the abscess out the coronary band. You never knew it was in there, never showed a lameness. <laughs> so is that typical of different breeds to be different the levels of showing pain? Yes. It's a bit like you know the man flu
4: when men get a little <laughs> bit of an illness. Hey,
0: they're dying. Yeah, so that's. Hey, I'm still (laughs) here. Yeah,
4: it's true. (laughs) So I own a thoroughbred, and he thoroughbreds are the poster children for the man flu. You know, they get a teeny teeny, tiny little abscess or a scratch, and they're often a bit melodramatic about it and hold their foot up in the air and can't move. Mm -hmm. Um, Those horses are not the difficult ones. You know, they're going to tell you very clearly, like, "Ow, my foot hurts." Do something. The Mustangs, um, in general, and these are stereotypes, but in general, the Mustangs, um, the Tennessee Walkers are very, very, very stoic. Standard Brads are unbelievably stoic. Um, those breeds, we have to really cue into the more, the more little tiny things that they show us. You know, for instance, on your Mustang, if you really, really, really watch them, and sometimes you have to do it from across the barn. You can't be right up on them. They won't show you. But if you watch them, they'll give you a little tiny toe point on a foot or mm-hmm. they'll, you know, they'll be in the back of the stall when they're normally in the front or they'll be in a weird spot in their pasture. You know, I mean, they can be very, very, very tiny cues. If they're out with other horses, they'll walk away from the herd a little bit. Um, the the big one for us, though, is really looking at facial expressions. That's a huge one for us.
2: Yeah. So, so I, I was reading this and what are some of the facial expressions that a horse would give you if they're in pain? The The easiest one to
4: see is the nostril. If you go out and look at, the key is we'll go look at a bunch of normal horses, or at least ones you, you think are, are as normal as horses get. Um, go <laughs> look at a bunch of normal horses and you'll see that their nostril is relatively round normally when they're relaxed and calm and just, you know, kind of hanging out doing horse things. When you see painful horses, that nostril gets a point to it, especially at the back, kind of towards their eye. Um, and it can even become very triangular shaped. The, the pointier the nostril is, the more painful they are. Uh, and they'll get a bunch of wrinkles kind of behind the top of their nostril. And if, like I said, if you look at a normal horse standing in a stall being happy, they don't have those. Oh, I have a little dog back there. I don't know if you guys can hear him. He's helping. Um, so <laughs> we love, we appreciate it on the show. See, <laughs> you'll see those wrinkles kind of along the edge of the nostril. And then you also look up to the eye and you'll see that the upper eyelid gets a point to it. And it also gets wrinkles behind it. And those are really big clues for us that that horse is in pain and may not be showing it with other ways. You know, they may not be pointing to a leg and saying it's this one.
2: Right. Okay. So when I'm looking at the picture that you guys have, and again, it's SpringHillEquine.com, uh, it, it's almost like the nostril is a bit of an egg shape for those that can't look at this right now. It's like a almost an egg shape with the point of the egg being up towards the eye. And then, mm-hmm. the, I and it's funny, you know, how many horses, p- people think, oh, my horse is such a jerk when I groom him. And they have this same facial expression, especially thoroughbreds, red thoroughbreds, especially, I think. Um, And th- this red. is, yeah. yeah, exactly. All the red thoroughbreds are like super sensitive, <laughs> and, uh, all the ones I've known. Um, So they all get this facial expression and it looks like it's irritation, but actually it could be that it's in pain.
4: Correct. And that's, that's where, you know, having a conversation with your veterinarian about my horses doing this, um, we never discount that from owners. They spend hours and hours with their horses and they know them really well. I'm not going to say that that's where, that's where it can be very difficult. You know, it's not an easy process sometimes for us to determine where that pain is coming from. But that's a horse telling us that something in their life right there is not comfortable for them, and we may need to adjust what we're doing to figure out how we make grooming, for instance, a, a little bit more comfortable process for them.
2: Okay. Now, tell us. I feel like this is a very important thing to learn the basis, the like, the basics of. But the heart rate is a very good indicator of pain as well.
4: Huge indicator. If you are suspicious that your horse is painful, walk into their stall with a $5 stethoscope uh, and you put it just behind their left elbow. There's a little bit of a depression there in the heart girth area. That's why it's called the heart girth. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really press your stethoscope in and you'll hear a a very slow lub-dub sound. Um, A lub-dub is one heartbeat, not two. It's really tough because horse heartbeats can be very, very slow. And uh, oftentimes it's easy to double count that, but you'll hear lub-dub, that's a one. Um, Normal heart rates for horses are somewhere between 28 and 48. Um, Every horse sort of has their spot. You know, for instance, the thoroughbreds tend to be a little bit lower resting heart rate. So a 28 heart rate may be normal. Now, if you walk into that horse's stall and they're standing there looking relatively quiet, but they have a heart rate of 54, they are definitely painful somewhere.
2: So this is important to, to get that $5 stethoscope and go check out your horses now and just understand what their typical resting heart rate would be. So, because I I think it's such an important thing when you call your vet, you've got to have a couple things. Already, you've got to have a couple things known. Your horse is acting sick. You need to have that heart rate. You need to have a temperature. You need to have the CRT, the capillary refill time, the skin pinch test, things like that. You need to be able to tell your vet, this is abnormal. And if you know your horse's resting heart rate, then you're able to tell them, hey, the heart rate is way high. Um, Is that something that you expect from your clients? We love it when they
4: call us, you know, sometimes they're in a full-on panic and getting a heart rate can be difficult in those situations, (laughs) but it's fantastic to me when someone calls and says, look, Flicka's heart rate is normally 32 and she's just not acting right. And I took her heart rate and it's 60. Like that's not normal. And that is, oh Lordy, I'm headed your way right now. Like that's what that means for me. That's how vital that one piece of information
3: is.
2: Well, yeah. if you guys want your vet to come out quickly, you just go ahead and get their heart rate and see, you'll, you'll be <laughs> one of those good clients there. Um, so uh, the so last is it better to that... say
0: that the heart rate's a 1,000 or 2, <laughs> just to get you out quickly?
4: Uh, yeah, you don't want to say a 1,000. That's really, really, really bad. Yeah, um,
3: but
4: <laughs> a heart, heart rate of 28 in a horse is very, very, very normal. Like, that's our athletic horses will often get them down that low.
2: Jeez. Incredible. You would think that it would be different. Yeah. You would think would've an would've athletic, the opposite. yeah, yeah. thoroughbred E-type horse would have a higher resting heart rate because they're a little bit hotter.
4: Um, it's actually because of efficiency of the lungs and the heart in terms of pumping blood and oxygenating it. And so that's, that's how they do what they do. They have a bunch of different adaptations, which is a whole nother conversation. But um, that's why their resting heart rates can be incredibly low. Um, I will say also one of the best ways to determine subtle pain signs in horses is put a stall camera in and watch it on fast forward and you'll be amazed what you can see.
2: (laughs) Uh, The the last thing that you have is lameness is obviously a sign of pain. Um, Talk a little bit about the different types of lameness.
4: Well, we all are pretty good at getting on our horses and especially at the trot. It's the easiest trotter jog is the easiest gate for us to feel unevenness in. Those aren't the tough ones. It is the, the lesser ones that particularly show up in the canter. You know, like, oh, my horse is only upset when I'm cantering on the left lead turning left, you know, or after a jump or, you know, coming from walk to canter. Those sorts of things. And again, you can use those same nostril and eye cues when you're looking at a horse under saddle. So if you have doubts that your horse is lame or having a training issue, we have a couple of recommendations. And one is get a friend to video your horse's head in particular up close while you're riding and use those same clues to tell you is this a training issue or a pain issue. Um, and that has been a huge kind of thing for us to be able to eliminate some of those where the owners were sure it was a behavioral issue. We look at that nostril on video and we say, no, no, there's a pain issue. And Mm -hmm. it can also help us know that we have found the right spot when that goes away.
2: And it's interesting uh, because I've, I've said this so many times and now Tony, the office cat has written it into the article Horses don't fake lamenesses. I, I've I've read nope. somebody oh my horses. I've seen on Facebook. Oh, he just fakes it to get out of work. They don't think like that. No, they don't. They absolutely. Well, don't. let
0: me clarify. Horses don't think like that, but do ponies think like that? Because I kind of think they do. Okay. <laughs>
4: Well, ponies are smarter than horses, I'm convinced, yeah. so <laughs> I, I might put ponies in that category, but I would have to see it proven before I Okay.
0: Believe well, it. <laughs> I got a Hackney pony. You can come over any time and see what you think.
2: Uh, All right. Yeah. Something that's really uh, valuable, I think, when you are trying to see if your horse is lame is do the butte test and explain what the butte test is.
4: The the butte test is also another kind of down and dirty, quick and easy. Um, For us, we put them on an appropriate dose of butte for their body weight. So for an average horse that is two grams of butte once a day, Um, we do that for three days. On that third day, when you're riding your horse, that's when you really ask yourself, okay, did the behavior go away or is it still here? If the behavior has completely gone away, it is almost undoubtedly a pain response. Um, oftentimes though, the behavior will go down instead of completely away. And that just means that the mute has certainly modified a pain response. And so the horse is improving. Uh, if in doubt, what I often recommend for people is that they bring someone in who is not used to seeing their horse. So, you know, because we, we play into a lot of it, you know, we have hopes and dreams and fears about our horses. So I try to get an objective observer to come in and help me say, like, okay, yes, he has definitely improved today, or uh, yeah, no, you're you're kidding yourself. It's you. you
5: know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and how often, as a veterinarian, are you allowed to say, "It's you"?
3: <laughs> hopefully a lot more not as often as I'd like
2: <laughs> I I mean I think I've expected that from my vet like no and and she has said that like uh, I called her for one horse she's like why are you calling me for this is it because it's this horse you know like it's it's clearly you <laughs> and she has definitely uh, alluded to that before but it is interesting <laughs> that how many times probably you guys want to say that as vets um it's you you're killing your horse yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna lie that's that's a true (laughs) statement right there well again thank you so much for joining us i know you've come on several times and it's always a pleasure having you on give away your website and how people can find you and contact you if they need to or tony the
3: cat
4: we're at Uh Tony has his blog up there. It's Tuesdays with Tony. You can always find us there. We're also on Facebook. I try to be on Instagram, but I'm not very good at it. So we're not there as much. Um, and Tony can generally be found on the front counter at the clinic.
2: <laughs> he recognizes everybody as they come in. Well, Dr. Lodger, thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you again soon. Hopefully you'll come back. You are very welcome. Thanks, Dr.
0: <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Bye. So, I know you got an email with a question about training that we were going to do today. So, what was that all about?
2: Uh, it comes from Maggie, and she's given me permission to read some of it on the air here. So, so, I did love that she she said that we put her in a good mood every morning. We're like her daily dose of Mare magic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So she well, says that's that a first. <laughs> I know, right? We calm your uterus down. <laughs> Right. Put that in I was thinking
0: that. I wasn't going to say it.
2: <laughs> You're not allowed to. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So the email starts like this. She said, I work at a therapeutic riding stables and I have a six year old OTTB uh, in our three programs. And they've had her going for about a year now. She's a chestnut mare. She raised in Wyoming, was retired, restarted and came to them on a two year lease. And she says she has the oddest, quirks and can't figure her out. And being a nonprofit, they can't just show throw supplements at her or run all the vet tests. So she wanted to ask my advice first. She said, when grooming, Ginger dances all over the place. She kicks at her stomach, swishes her tail, chews on her lead rope or the cross ties and grinds her teeth. I worried about kissing spine, but when I run my hand along her spine to check for a sore spot, no reaction, no heat, the chiropractor will adjust her and she is a well-behaved OTTB. While exercising her outside of class, she twists her head sideways and grinds her teeth in the walk, trot and canter. She doesn't do this. If we have ground pole set up, but blah, blah, blah. We go on. She's basically just unhappy. You can just imagine this chestnut mare. When you put her in the cross tie, she doesn't want to be groomed. She's turning her head sideways, biting at, kicking at her belly. She is out in the arena when she's being worked. She's, grinding her teeth and turning her head sideways. Glenn, what does all that scream to you?
0: Um, uh, well, if I was on a forum, it would scream ulcers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the reason ulcers is a thing that people say it's it is because it's a thing. And listening to this, that is the first thing I would treat is ulcers. I did email her back and I said, has she been treated for ulcers or EPM?" I don't feel like this is a presentation for kissing spine at all. Uh, kissing spine, I feel like I see it more under saddle than I do um, just standing in the cross ties. So my first thing would be to get this mare on a ulcer treatment. Omiprazole. I mean, the fact that she's f- gone all over the place. I mean, I think she went from the West Coast to the East Coast. She raced in Wyoming, and I think she's in uh, on the East Coast now. So she's traveled a lot. She's moved around a lot. She just seems like one who would get ulcers. So that would be the first thing I would treat. And you can talk to your veterinarian about the best treatment. Omiprazole in any form would be the first thing I would do. And then probably keep her on something where it's a long-term. I mean, heck, you can even go to like the health food store and buy aloe vera liquid and put that, you know, give that to them, too. That is good for their stomach. It's a good buffer. Uh, Talk to your veterinarian. Get this murder treated for ulcers. Uh, If it continues, then we have a behavioral problem, you know, but I would definitely treat that first because you cannot train pain. And so... The next step that I would do to be is be, you know, say she doesn't have ulcers, you scoped her and everything's good and you've treated her whatever, and she's still doing it, then it might have become a learned behavior with, I would have a duly halter on her in the cross ties never cross tied to the rings of the training rings of the dually halter, you cross tied to the regular halter. And I, would, I wouldn't I would even tie her up, I would just put her in the cross ties and have somebody sitting there with the rope. And when she does exhibit behavior, you school the dually. So that's like give a sharp tug on the line just to say no. The way that the dually halter works is, you know, if you put a chain... Through a horse's halter and one side and you clip it to the other. The problem with that is there's no release. When you tighten that chain down, it click, 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 and just gets tighter. And when you soften, it doesn't soften. So the horses have no idea what that actually means. So that's why the dually halter is great. Uh, you can find them on Amazon or Monty Roberts.com and the dually halter, when you pull on that line and then your hand releases, it releases. So it's a fantastic tool. It really helps in all sorts of behaviors from leading to loading to, I mean, I, heck, I ride in it all the time. Uh, so keep that in mind after you treat her for ulcers. And so what I would suggest uh, is that you treat her, Maggie, and, and then just get back with me. This behavior might go away you know, within a couple of days or you treat her, you do the whole thing and it's still kind of there, which would make it a, a, an a actual training question. To me, this is like more of a medical question right now. You know, throw a little turmeric on the bottom of her feet and she'll be fine. Uh, no, i just kidding. So <laughs> it is one of those things that you, the Chili powder,
0: is, that'll do the trick. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> you know, right up the butt. You know. Cook so some bacon the, the, the in a pan, pan first. <laughs> people always say, oh, treat for ulcers because like most of them really actually do need to be treated for ulcers. And most of them that come to me, uh, you know, when they go to horse and hound, they start them on the Gastroguard. guard. That's just kind of one of the things that they budget for, you know, so, uh, so many of them are just unhappy. Like this current one I have right now, Bubba's quest, he is so sweet, but when you go to put the girth on him, he doesn't like it. And he actually doesn't like you touching underneath his belly at all. And so they started him and I've continued him on the, uh, ulcer guard because I have some of theirs. And so it's, I think it's really helping. Uh, less than that. So like yesterday, I was able to put the girth on him, no problem without him being grumpy, but you still like rubbing your hand on his belly. He's still mad. So I'm like, okay, well, we're not clearly not done. I wish I had a million dollars. I could just scope everything, but we're just going to treat him. So anyway, there, there's the first answer and then do that and come back. And, and thank you for we'll listening. We appreciate yeah, it. Love it.
0: So we played a Radiothon song earlier in the show, and I dug a couple of more short ones out. A lot of people did songs over the years for Radiothon, but some also did poems that were fun. And I dug one out from Avery Morgan, who did a poem, and she's one of our auditors, too. And also, Elizabeth Bourbon had a song, and I think this is back, might have been 2016 or 17. So I'm going to play these for you, and then we're going to come back with a little weird news and uh, more stuff coming up.
5: Twas the night before Radiothon when all through HRN headquarters, all the critters were sleeping, even PT Scooter. The voicemails were edited and ready to play in anticipation of this long day. The hosts were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of eggnog and cider danced in their heads. And Glen the Geek in his Big Bang Theory PJs and Jen in her fitz breeches had just settled in to catch some last-minute snoozes. When out in the pasture arose such a clatter, Glen sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the barn he flew like a flash, tugged on his ovation country boots to avoid a big splash. The moon on the green grassy paddock showed Glen a scene that gave him such a panic. When what to his eyes should appear but two big mustangs and one that girl Jamie with lots of cheer. (laughs) With so much excitement she couldn't stay away, so she got on Zeus and ponied Thor and galloped to Ocala with a neigh. More rapid than Santa her mustangs did fly, across rivers and mountains and deserts they astonished passers-by. On Zeus, on Thor, let us go see Scooter and Nigel. Glenn, Coach Jen, and Dr. Wendy are idle. Nobody need fear, Jamie has lots of surprises, and will help with Radiothon to give out thousands of prizes. Ah, that was All good. I want for Christmas is my own pony with sparkly hooves underneath my tree. Gee, if I could only have my own pony, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. You know last year you dropped the ball you brought a doll with pretty shoes and curls I flung it in the fireplace why can't you understand that I'm a horse girl So all I want for Christmas is my own pony a saddle too and weather beat up please Gee if I could only have my own pony then I could wish you merry christmas
0: <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, you, I think she described every child growing up.
2: I feel like I just—these uh, the, are this—you implant these songs in my brain, and then I sing them for the rest of the day. So, thanks for that.
0: <laughs> and apparently, when you ride the uh, uh, the Mustangs, you ride fast as the wind.
2: Uh, all the way across the country. country. <laughs> so, I wish Zeus had that stamina. Whatever.
0: <laughs> so, you know what we got in the mail to yesterday? We finally got our uh, we got our hemp pellets from American oh, cool. Harvest so we're gonna put Nigel on them because Nigel's been having his usual ramped up issues every time he wants to go somewhere and do something or actually he doesn't want to go somewhere every time Jennifer wants to go somewhere and do something <laughs> Nigel gets a little a little ramped up and uh, you know it's It's not bad. It's just hyped up and it's hard. You know, it just makes it tiring to ride. So we're going to try this. You said it was, you think it was kind of working for Zeus. So we're going to give it a try.
2: It still doesn't bang on the gate in the morning at feeding time. Which if you I'll, – I'll, I'll see if I can remember to take a picture of the brand new gate that we hung <laughs> less than a year ago uh, and, and show you a picture of it because it has been a constant problem. I mean he would just slam his foot and slam his foot. And so I started him on the American Harvest pellets just to see – it's called a hemp horse hemp and uh, just to see if it would make a difference. And, oh my god, shh, I'm afraid to say anything. He hasn't done it.
0: Has he broken out since then?
2: No. Oh my god. Well, I mean, part of the the reason he breaks out is because he slams his foot on the (laughs) gate and uh, dislodges (laughs) the gate from the fence post. I mean, this has been a real big problem. Like, I have to have chains around around gates that the latches can't be opened. You can't, as a horse, you cannot physically open the latches. No. So, what did he do to figure it out? He just barrels through, it like, bangs it with his foot until the whole thing bends and he gets out. So now there's chains around everything, too. But I haven't come once to see the gate off the hinges. You make a good point.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, it's American Harvest. They're a Montana-based company that develops high-quality hemp products and offers a line specifically for horses, including CBD oil, premium hemp extract, and also the equine hemp-derived pellets. It just looks like regular pellets like you would have with any other feed. Uh, and it is vet formulated and produced from natural hemp. Uh, you know, they do, it does come in the liquid form too. We actually sent some of that too. So it's a THC free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, which you can use as well if you decide not to use the pellets. You can look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine dealer or any Hubbard dealer. If you do Hubbard feeds, they have it. Or if you want to buy it online, just go to store.alttech.com, and they'll ship it to you. And right now, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway for our listeners. You go to one lucky winner... If you go to the website in the show notes, it's a little long, so we put it in the show notes. Just scroll over on your player and click on the website, and you could receive a free 90-day supply of American Harvest Equine products. One winner will be picked at the beginning of the year. In the like the, one of the first episodes in January, we're going to pick a winner, and we want one of our listeners to be the winner. So hang on over there to... uh, uh to the American Harvest site in the link that you'll find in the show notes. But if you want to go buy some today, go to store.alltech.com and tell them that uh, Glenn and Jamie sent you. So let's do some weird news. Uh, we have uh, We have some, I think, so we're going to do this. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News.
2: Okay, let me remind you. I used to go out and try to find weird news stories for this, but now you guys find them and send them to me. And how that works is you could be reading something and you're like, wow, that's a weird news story. That's what I want. Send that to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And uh, you will get your, um, potentially, your weird news story on the air like Lorreen, Claire, Kimberly, Elizabeth, Ellen, Alicia and Aaron, uh, did this past week. Now let me tell all of you what I need to, let me just get this out. Okay. If you're just hearing this now and you didn't listen to last Wednesday, go back and listen to that because you guys stop sending me the breastfeeding cat lady story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had 600 submissions for the breastfeeding cat. I did it last week. I'm not going to do it again because it's weird and bizarre. It, it and was disturbing
0: late. enough last week.
2: <laughs> it really was. Like I mean, it was a woman breastfeeding a cat on a Delta Airlines flight, and then she refused to stop. And then the pilots had to have her met again. It was uh, gross. Stop it. I've seen it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> With that, I'm not going to tell you who sent me what, um, because it's none none your business, really. Because I don't need to know where people get. Because there are some weird websites. Now, one of our listeners sent me a weird news, but it's 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 not like one story. It's a bunch of headlines. And it's just the headlines and like one picture from each article. And it's like ranking the top 10 best weird news stories. So I've got that. We'll get to the other ones and see if we have time. Maybe I'll do like two a week of that one or something. Uh, but first, Glenn, where do I like to go in weird news every year, every week?
0: Oh, Florida.
2: Is Clearwater, Florida, isn't that where Jimmy lives? Yeah, that's or? down
0: there where Jimmy lives. That's right.
2: Okay, well, let just let me give some advice. Jimmy, I know you're probably listening to this in post and you're editing it right now. Let me give you a piece of advice. Do not buy used furniture. Do not. Because, gentlemen, 55 years old, lives in a 55-plus uh, a community condominium area and he uh had to call the police he called the police because he had just bought a couch and uh, like a couple days before and brought it in and i felt his pain because living in the couch
0: <laughs> hidden deep inside the
2: couch, a snake 5 foot long
0: boa constrictor oh, not just any snake
2: <laughs> police said that probably they either when he was moving the couch in and the door was open they said it might have slithered in come on give me a break it was in the couch And that's why those people sold that couch. They're like, gotta get this thing out of here. So they (laughs) sold the couch with a snake in it is what I assume. Um, But apparently the sheriff's department had a snake handler. There's a chick who is amazing. She's holding this snake up, showing it to everybody. Um, The Clearwater Police Department tweet. I love it. I love p- when police departments tweet. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Here's the, here's the tweet snakes alive. Here's a call. You don't see every day. A resident at Maryland pines calls this afternoon because he's got a snake in his condo and it's hiding in his couch. Officers carry the couch outside and found a red tail boa deep inside the couch. They then carefully extracted it from its hiding place. It was easily five feet long. and was just <laughs> taken to the local pet store after being plucked from the couch. The manager's got the couch the other day and he thinks the snake was hiding in the couch when it came to his house. Officers always also carried the couch back in the residence. Oh
0: morning. no, no, just leave it yeah. outside. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, burn it,
2: <laughs> burn the couch. They carried the couch back in. They said it's a jungle out there. Sometimes, hey.
0: <laughs> All my Big Bang Theory friends who love Big Bang Theory will know this was an episode on Big Bang Theory. They found a couch on the street, and and, uh, half of them wanted the couch, half didn't want the couch. They brought the couch upstairs, and things started moving in the couch. Uh, So, yes, this was an episode. We never determined what was in the couch, but... That's horrible. So don't buy used furniture is where we're going with that one.
3: All right.
0: You know, in Florida, it could have been two things. I was thinking about that. It could have been the snake or it could have been drugs. It was was one or the other for Florida. They couldn't
2: put drug couch on the street, okay?
0: Unless they forgot it was in there, you know, the kilo of of cocaine that they forgot to sell.
2: I forgot where I put my $100,000 item. All
0: right, let's, uh, let's do another one.
2: We're going to go to Milan, Italy. A dentist in Italy faces possible criminal charges. So he... In Italy, you have to, if you are a doctor or you're in the medical field, you have to get a vaccine. So, because if you get a... um it's funny, they they get a super health pass, which from uh, Monday on, you'll be allowed to enter restaurants, movie theaters, and other venues in Italy. But this guy didn't want to get vaccinated, but he works at, he's a medical person. So he has to go get the vaccine. So he goes into the doctor's office and the nurse comes in with a shot and sits down and pulls up his sleeve. And she's like, Hmm, that's weird. It's a different color than the rest of his body. Oh, it's kind of cold and squishy. Oof. Yeah. He put a silicone arm in his sleeve <laughs> to avoid getting a vaccine. So she – she, he literally he, – the quote from the <laughs> nurses, when I uncovered the arm, I felt skin that was cold and gummy. <laughs> gross so she said maybe he's an amputee and he gave me the wrong arm and then she lifted his shirt and saw the silicone arm she said i understood immediately the man that was trying to, that the man was trying to avoid the vaccination by using a silicone prosthetic <laughs> in which he hoped i would inject the drug like she's not gonna notice it's not a real arm Dumbass. ask <laughs> he, he didn't want to get vaccinated so he ended up leaving right and they were like, oh, he's so funny. And then they said, she said, we stopped and reflected and we understood that this just wasn't just a surreal situation, but actually fraud. So she turned all the paperwork over and he was arrested. He was arrested. Arrested
0: wow. for fraud. <laughs> for fake arm syndrome. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
2: Remember how you said you don't eat anything in the ocean? Yes. Well, I'm going to reiterate that I don't go in the ocean because (laughs) or
0: anywhere near on top of the ocean. Uh, Yeah,
2: no, I'm I'm not. Thirty thousand
0: feet is closest Jamie gets to an ocean.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Uh, <laughs> I'll sit on the edge of the beach, just not too close. I don't want the water to come up on my feet or anything because there's like little creepy crawlies in there too. So, um, th- this is another reason why I don't. You think Monterey Bay, California, all the celebs out there in the bikinis. Oh, Good looking surfer the dudes. dudes yeah. Good looking surfers, yeah. Monterey Bay, California. Well, silent scientists were piloting a remote submarine off the coast of Monterey Bay. And they found (laughs) a giant, it's called a phantom jellyfish. And, uh, they're very rare. And the scientists have only encountered this animal 100 times. It was first discovered in 1899. So this is a fairly rare uh, uh, occurrence to see a giant phantom jellyfish. It's the largest jellyfish on the planet. And it has been spotted all over the world except for the Arctic. It does prefer warm water. So here's the the thing about this. It does have that like, it looks like it's wearing like a, sun hat you know like that's the top of it mm, does it have How the I'm, glowy
0: thing in the top and his head
2: no it looks like a hat like a yeah, derby like a hat
0: yeah like a beanie and then it, yeah and
2: then it has arms and do you know what they're called They're called mouth arms and they grow 33 feet long.
0: Well, these are giant jellyfish.
2: (laughs) And so they have a a video of it on this. And this is live science.com is where the story came in. And it is possibly the most, uh, the second most terrifying thing I've seen this week. (laughs) Not including the snake right by my Not
0: including the cat lady.
2: Uh, th- that was third Okay, snake <laughs> then phantom jellyfish and then woman breastfeeding cat that is that is what i that is why i lose sleep at night because i have these visions in my head of i these just looked this up snakes.
0: this is something else
2: anything that has mouth arms <laughs> like i'm out I'm, I'm kind
0: of with you. I'm not, you know, I got bit by a jellyfish once. You know, New Jersey, there are jellyfish everywhere off the coast of New Jersey. And uh, we'd go swimming in New Jersey when we were kids. And, of course, the jellyfish are rare, And that, and I never liked horseshoe crabs either. The big horseshoe crabs, never liked them Oh, oh God,
2: they're
0: creepy. I do. Yeah. I agree. We kind of agree on the ocean stuff. Now, I'll actually go on top of it, but I don't go in it much. I'm Yeah, with but what you.
2: happens if you go in it, Glenn? <laughs> There's no guarantee that you're not going to go in it.
0: Well, I'm... If and that happens, I'm probably worried about other jellyfish. things. Something has gone disastrously wrong, and I probably have other concerns than the giant jellyfish.
2: I don't know. Maybe that you're a food for mouth arms.
0: <laughs> or m- more likely food for sharks. <laughs> more likely. There, oh, anything.
2: Anything. <laughs> uh, that's
0: it. Uh, that's it? Now,
2: I've got I've got some headlines from another one. That it's okay. just like 10 headlines. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah, play the music.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't know this was official.
2: So there's a picture that goes along with it and uh, on every one of these. And I'm just going to go through over a couple, but we'll save some next time as well. Um, let's see. Like, let's go with story number four. Hunter dies when shot elephant falls on him. Karma,
0: bitch! How close was he? <laughs> right beside it, apparently.
2: I'm getting hand you. And uh, here's a banana. Let me give you a peanut. Bam! And then it collapses and falls on him. Eesh. One of the comments underneath it was karma level 1000.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: (laughs) All right. Then I've got another one and this is called prisoner who died and was brought back to life. Claims his life sentence has technically ended. (laughs) So he died in jail and they resuscitated him. And when he came back too, he was like, okay, I'm out of (laughs) here. I died. My life sentence is over. The comment underneath, he not wrong.
0: He not wrong.
2: The next the headline was elderly men escape nursing home to attend world's biggest heavy metal festival. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, another one, guy accidentally shoots himself in the face after his bullet ricochets off an armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. What? <laughs>
0: That's some hard shells those armadillos have. The
2: comment underneath it, Carmadillo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, there's so many good ones. I can't continue to read. Okay. Um wife crashes her own funeral, horrifying her husband, who turns out paid to have her killed. <laughs> what?
0: Wow. <I know.
2: laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Well, you know, and doesn't it always seem like the men or women who are hiring somebody off an ad or somebody they made at a bar uh, to kill their spouses, they never realize it's an FBI agent for some reason. It's always a policeman. It's always an FBI agent. But you would know by now because there's been a million of these stories and it's always a policeman.
2: So, Joe Exotic here in Oklahoma fame. Oh,
0: did you watch the second half of the series yet? I
2: started it. It's so bad. Is it? Oh, Mm. it's so bad. I, I got through like 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, there's yeah. just, it's like, it's of like Joe exotics, this, this person sat next to Joe exotic in third grade and they're going to interview that person. Like it was like that.
0: Oh, so they were stretching just to get another series out of it. Yeah. So. It was
2: pretty bad. I mean, maybe something else happens, but if you're going to lead with that, you know, like it was not something I was interested in. Uh, now final one. And this is, I don't know. I don't know if it's genius. I don't know if it's fraud. I don't know if it's evil. We're going to call it, uh, the title of the article is man sues himself and wins. (laughs) That's right. A Kentucky man who threw a boomerang that flew back and hit him on the head has sued himself for $300,000 and won. And astonishingly, it's not going to cost him a cent because all the money he won comes from his insurance company.
0: Oh my! That's interesting. That's a bad precedent to (laughs) set, right? Oh man, that's bad.
2: Hitting himself in the head with a boomerang because he sued the insurance company. People are gonna
0: be laying down in front of their car.
2: Oh my leg! I'm gonna sue myself because I stepped in a hole. And then you make a hundred thousand dollars from your insurance company. okay that's
0: a really dumb precedent that that has to get thrown out <laughs> that's, terrible. <laughs> that's terrible
2: there you go that's enough I'll save some other headlines for next week there's too much too many
0: dumbasses years. in this country to let that one go we can't we yeah can't, exactly. we can't
2: do that oh this show has gone on very long Glenn yes it
0: has well we're gonna we're gonna skip uh doing uh, a post show for the auditors day sorry auditors we'll get to you on Friday but it has gone a little bit long so thank you everybody for joining us though we really appreciate it Mary and Jennifer will be here tomorrow with the train. Episode, and then we'll be back with some really bad ads on Friday. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Spade, new yacht, everybody.
2: Have a good one. Peace. I'm going to go ride the cutest.